Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Miles and welcome back to my channel. Today's video is yet another guest true crime episode. Thank you all so much for being so welcoming to all the true crime YouTubers that I've been featuring this week. It's so heartwarming to see how kind the true Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline crime community is and that's one of the reasons why i love the true crime community so much this is the second to last small true crime creator feature episode that was a mouthful that is happening this week with the final smaller creator episode taking place tomorrow on saturday the 29th no 30th of march um at 6 p.m sunday's video is actually going to be a surprise guest and the surprise guest isn't a small creator but this surprise guest is stepping in and helping me out this week i thought i'd surprise you with something really really special so be sure to keep your eyes peeled for when I post that episode on Sunday. It's gonna be a good one. If you're just joining me with this video, I'm currently featuring other creators this week. It's just stuff going on in my life. I explained it all in my video last Sunday, which I'll leave in the iCards if you're bothered to find out the reasons. That video is also a really good true crime case. The creator that I'm featuring today is an absolutely wonderful creator called Molly Westbrook, and that's Molly spelt I-E and not with a Y. Be a hundred percent sure to jump over to her channel after you finish watching this video and binge watch all of her content. It is so good. She is truly a very underrated true crime YouTuber on this platform and she deserves so many more subscribers and so much more attention. As with all of my guest episodes, you can find a link to Molly's channel in the description below. So be sure to hop on over there and subscribe and show her a lot of love. I'm just going to give my usual disclaimer for this video. I just like to point out this video is not being made to cause disrespect or anything like that. It's just been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet. Now with all that being said, let's delve right into this case. So in today's case, we're going to be talking about the unsolved murder of Caroline Glacken, which took place in Dunbartonshire in Scotland. So Caroline Glacken was a 14-year-old girl who was born in 1982 in Northern Ireland to her parents, William and Margaret. The family lived in Northern Ireland for a short period of time whilst William was actually working in the military, um, but eventually the family moved back to Bonhill in Dunbartonshire in Scotland. And that's where the family were originally from. Caroline's parents were absolutely thrilled when Caroline came along because Margaret, Caroline's mother, had a lot of troubles with pregnancy and she actually lost five babies before she was able to give birth to Caroline. So Caroline was actually her sixth baby. Caroline only weighed two pounds when she was born and everyone thought she wouldn't make it but by some miracle she survived. And Caroline's mother, Margaret, described her as a gift from God. She was so happy that she was able to give birth to one healthy baby. When Caroline was seven years old, her parents actually made the decision to go their separate ways and William, her father, actually moved to Edinburgh whilst Caroline stayed living with her mother in Bonhill in Dunbartonshire. 
But despite this change, William would still have regular contact with Caroline and he would visit her every weekend or so. Growing up, Caroline was described as a feisty and quirky young girl and she was actually a bit of a joker in school. She loved spending time with her family and friends and she also loved socialising in the local youth club. Caroline was a typical teenager. She wasn't always the most reliable. For example, if she was going out one night with her friends and her mother gave her a curfew, she wouldn't always stick to that curfew and she would often be late home. However, she would always eventually come home with an excuse as to why she was late back. Um, and yeah, like I said, this was just quite typical of Caroline. A few months before her death, Caroline actually began a relationship with an 18-year-old boy and he lived in Renton, which was about two miles from where Caroline lived in um, Bonhill in Dunbartonshire. And I actually read on some sources that this boy apparently already had a girlfriend when he started dating Caroline, so he obviously wasn't very loyal in any way. And Caroline's mother and friends really just approved of this relationship. They hated that she was going out with this boy, um, not just because of the age difference, but also apparently this boy was into drugs. And understandably, Margaret absolutely hated it. She didn't want her daughter involved with drugs and that kind of stuff, but Caroline was a little bit stubborn and she continued to see him. On the evening of August the 24th, 1996, Caroline's mother, Margaret, was actually due to go out with her friends because it was actually her 40th birthday the following day. Um, so they were just gonna go out for some drinks and stuff like that. And before her mother left, Caroline actually asked if it was okay if her friend Joanne could stay around um, that night because they were also planning to go out. And Margaret just said yes, that was absolutely fine. So Caroline left her house sometime before 7pm that evening and that would be the last time Margaret ever saw her daughter again. At around 7pm, Caroline actually met with her friends Joanne and Donna and they were caught actually on CCTV, which I'll put in now, outside a block of flats. And later that night, she is actually caught on CCTV again, leaving Ladyton Shopping Centre in Bonhill. So on the CCTV that's on screen now, you can see Caroline with her friend Joanne leaving the shopping centre. Then at around midnight, Caroline told her friends that she was actually planning to walk to Renton to go and meet her boyfriend because that's where her boyfriend lived. But at this time, obviously, it would have been pitch black. It was gone midnight and Caroline's route to Renton was about two miles. So it would have taken her about 40 minutes to walk there. She would have had to walk towards Dillichip Lone along the towpath. And she would have had to also walk along the riverbank known as the River Leven. And her route there wasn't lit in any way. She wasn't walking along a main road. So there weren't any streetlights or anything. So it would have literally been walking in the pitch black. And because of this, Caroline's friend Joanne actually offered to go with her on the walk, but Caroline just declined and said, no, I'll be fine and I'll see you later. Because obviously Joanne was staying at Caroline's house, so Joanne went back to Caroline's house and waited for Caroline. However, early in the morning on the 25th of August, 1996, Margaret obviously returned home from her birthday night out and she found Joanne asleep in Caroline's room, but Caroline wasn't there. So Margaret woke up Joanne and just asked where Caroline was and Joanne explained the situation about Caroline going back to her boyfriend's in Renton. And Margaret initially was a little bit worried because like I said before, it was pitch black at this point, but Caroline was quite an independent girl. She did this a lot, so she wasn't too worried. Like I said previously in the video, this was quite typical of Caroline. She often would stay out later than she was meant to and her mother just kind of expected it at this point. However, the next morning, Caroline still wasn't home and Margaret actually decided to ring her sister just to ask if maybe Caroline had gone there, but she hadn't. 
Margaret waited at home all day, bearing in mind at this point it was her 40th birthday. And by 7pm the following evening, Caroline still wasn't home, so Margaret made the decision to contact the police and report her as a missing person. Meanwhile though, in the area, rumours were starting to spread that a body had been found in the River Leven. On the afternoon of the 25th of August 1996, a man was walking his dog along the towpath by the riverbank. And he saw what he initially thought was a tailor's dummy in the water of the River Leven, but when he got closer, he realised it was actually the body of a young woman and he alerted police. And Margaret and Joanne had actually heard about the rumours at this point of the body being found in the river, but Margaret just assumed, well, it can't be Caroline because I would have heard from police by now. However, shortly after that, police actually arrived at Margaret's house and told them they believed the body to be that of Caroline Glacken. And Margaret was told this on her 40th birthday. I just couldn't imagine. Obviously, it's horrible on any day to be told this information, but on her 40th birthday. At first, everyone kind of just assumed that Caroline's death must have been an accident because she was found in the water, she probably accidentally drowned, but it was quickly ruled by police that this was no accident, this was a murder. So police obviously immediately cornered off the crime scene where Caroline was found. Caroline's body was actually half submerged in the water when she was found, so it was going to be really hard for police to kind of pick up any forensic evidence because she had been in the water, like I said. Caroline was found fully clothed, however, her trainers were actually taken off her feet and put on the towpath. Caroline was unfortunately subject to a very brutal murder. She had been punched, kicked, um, she had very, very severe head injuries. Her blood was found on the towpath and the grass verge next to the River Leven where her killer had obviously beat her up and then put her body into the water. Her cause of death was believed to be from drowning and from her severe head injuries, meaning that she was alive when her killer put her in the water. However, it's not actually known whether she was unconscious or conscious when her killer put her in the River Leven. It's believed that she was probably unconscious because of her head injuries, but we don't know. Obviously, like I kind of said before, it was going to be really hard for police to collect any kind of forensic or DNA evidence because this was a public place where Caroline was found. Obviously, this was a public footpath for dog walkers and all that kind of stuff, so any forensic evidence that there would have been would have probably been disturbed by this point. However, they still tried to collect as much forensic evidence as they could to be tested. Meanwhile, they were also making door-to-door inquiries around the area just to see if it could bring forward any eyewitnesses. Everyone in Caroline's school and just everyone around the area was just in a state of shock. Caroline was only a child. She was only 14 years old. And like I said, she was a very popular girl among her friends in school and... Everyone was just so heartbroken by this. But as well as that, people were just scared for their own safety. This attack seemed like it had no motive whatsoever. Caroline wasn't sexually assaulted in any way. She didn't have any known enemies. So this attack just kind of seemed like it was out of the blue. Anyway, police eventually made a public appeal along with Caroline's mother, Margaret, just urging anyone with any information to come forward to police. However, police were very disappointed with the response from this public appeal. It seemed like no one wanted to come forward. However, there were a few eyewitnesses and reported sightings of people who claimed to see Caroline the night that she had been murdered. A taxi driver came forward to say that he had seen Caroline at around 12.15am, so around 15 minutes after she had left her friends to go to Renton. The taxi driver and his passenger actually both knew Caroline, so they knew it was Caroline when they saw her. And they said that they saw her heading towards Black Bridge, and they actually also saw a man standing behind her. This man was actually stood around 30 yards behind Caroline, just watching her, and they said he was white, about 20 to 25 years old, 5 foot 6-ish, and he was 
wearing a dark green hoodie with his hood up. They also said that he had very sharp facial features. Two other people came forward to say that they heard a commotion the night that Caroline had been murdered. They said that they were walking their dog and they heard an argument break out between two people that kind of sounded like a couple arguing. And a third witness came forward to say that around 12.45am, about half an hour after Caroline was last seen by the taxi driver, he saw two men running. He said that the men seemed as though they were running as if they were running away from something and one of the men was apparently wearing a dark coloured hoodie with his hood up. Obviously very similar to the man that the taxi driver saw. Police actually released a composite sketch with the help of the taxi driver of the man that he saw in the dark green hoodie with his hood up standing behind Caroline shortly before her death. And this composite sketch was released to the public in the hopes that someone would recognise this man. However, it didn't really bring forward any leads in the investigation, unfortunately. Police did briefly look into Caroline's boyfriend because obviously she was on her way to see him that night. And police did actually conduct a forensic search of his house just to see if there was any trace of Caroline being there that night. However, this didn't bring up anything. He wasn't linked to her in any way that night. And he had an alibi anyway. He was actually with three friends that night. So police couldn't link him in any way to Caroline's murder. So he was ultimately dropped as a suspect. Six months after Caroline's body was discovered, she was eventually laid to rest. Police tried tirelessly over the years to try and bring Caroline's killer to justice, but they didn't really have anything to go on in the investigation. They looked into every possible lead they could um, and they continued to examine like forensic evidence that was found at the scene. However, over the years, the case just kind of started to turn cold. And then in 2016, 20 years after Caroline's murder, police decided to reopen the investigation into her death. Because at this point, obviously, they would have had better technology to be able to test forensic evidence and DNA evidence and stuff like that. So that's what they did. A reward for £10,000 was made for anyone who had any information regarding who the killer might be. And Caroline's murder actually appeared on Crime Watch just to try and get her case out there as much as they possibly could. And this did actually bring forward some new leads, some of which were actually all the way from Australia. These people from Australia did actually come forward to say that they were living in Renton at the time of Caroline's murder. However, I don't know what information they came forward with. It's not public information. It's not public knowledge, so I don't know what that lead was, but I don't think it led anywhere because... Yeah, it's not public knowledge. To this day, forensic evidence is still being tested just to see if it will bring up any new leads in the investigation of Caroline's murder. However, the murder of Caroline Glacken is still sadly unsolved to this day. But police do believe that the truth of what happened to Caroline that night lies in the community of Dunbartonshire and people are just too scared to come forward. It just takes the right person coming forward with some information and hopefully one day we can have justice for Caroline. I'll put details of contact information on the screen now just in case you think you might know something regarding this case. You can remain anonymous and if you think you know even the smallest bit of information about this case, please contact police. But yeah, that is pretty much it for this case. I really hope you enjoyed it. Quickly before I go, I just want to say thank you so much to Joshua for allowing me to appear as a guest on your channel. I hope you guys enjoyed this case and hopefully one day we can get some justice for Caroline. Thank you so much for watching yet another guest episode in my Curious Case True Crime series. I really, really hope that you enjoy Mulder's content just as much as I do. I know I've said that with every single video, but I truly do enjoy 
everyone's content that I'm featuring this week. If you're new here, I usually upload two videos a week, one on a Wednesday, which is a lot more lighthearted, and then one on Sunday, which is this true crime video. Like I said at the start of the video, there's gonna be one more smaller true crime creator, which will be being posted tomorrow from when this video goes live at 6 p.m. And then a super secret special guest is coming on the channel on Sunday. So be sure to subscribe and hit that bell icon so you can be notified as soon as those videos go live. I will be back next week. I'm coming back. Don't you worry. Um, things are actually a lot better now for me. Things are coming together. Um, when I'm filming this, it is the end of Mercury Retrograde, which means life is going to return back to normal. It's been a hellish Mercury Retrograde, so I am ready for things to get back to how it should be. <laughs> and with all that being said, I'll see you in the next video. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.